Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am Charles Kalazi. Today is Saturday, the 17th of February, 2024. It's the Saturday after Ash Wednesday, the eve of the first Sunday of Lent. And our Gospel today, just pulling it up here, is from St. Luke. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. So I have to say, this is one of my favorite gospel passages. I think one thing that needs to be understood and clarified when we meditate on this is that Jesus isn't offering Matthew a job. Jesus isn't saying, hey, I'll pay you more than what you were making as a tax collector. He's not even saying, hey, you know, this is more fun. This is more fulfilling. You'll get more out of this. Uh, This will make you feel good. What's happening here is it's a relationship. He looks at Matthew. Now, maybe they've already interacted before this. Of course, the Chosen TV show has uh, given us a certain interpretation of this. I happen to like the show. That doesn't mean that's exactly the way it happened, but it's still a good show, and it presents a a really great way of, uh, well, it it presents a lot of really interesting takes on Jesus' relationships with people and how it all went down, but we don't know how it went down. We don't know the exact history of every little detail. But the reality is, with Matthew, with the other apostles, with you and with me, Jesus isn't saying, I have a better intellectual system to offer you, or I have uh, something to offer you that will make you more successful. I mean, in reality, Matthew is a lot more famous now than he ever would have been as a tax collector. There's so many things to say about it. Matthew was, in in the opinion of some of the other apostles, I'm sure, and the TV show shows this, Matthew was like a fly in the ointment. Matthew would have been toxic. Why do you want to bring him, Lord? Lord, he's like the worst of public sinners, and you're going to make him an apostle? I mean, at the time they were called, Judas looked pretty good, right? But Matthew did not. Matthew was a dirt ball in the eyes of the people living in that time and place. There are Catholic institutions where sometimes we have to make a decision about, I don't know, this is in Christianity in general. This is in the past 2,000 years. So many different examples. Do we want this person here to be part of our group? Because, you know, they said this or they did that. Do we want this person? Because they make us look bad. 
and they make me uncomfortable? Or rather, is Jesus taking a risk knowing that it's going to be a risk worth taking? Jesus isn't inviting Matthew to continue to be a tax collector as he is one of the 12 apostles. He's not inviting Matthew's friends who come to his house for the feast to uh, inform how the church is going to be run according to their old ways. Rather, Jesus tells us what he's doing in terms of drawing the church to himself. It's the sick who need the physician, not the healthy. The church and its institutions are not supposed to be a gathering of us healthy people. Look at us. Look at how great we are. Look at how healthy we are. But rather, it's a field hospital. Who called it that? I think Mother Teresa might have said it. A lot of people have said that over the ages. The Catholic Church and her institutions are a field hospital for those most sick yet in the process of recovering those most poor, those that are the greatest sinners, but who desire to change. And it happens through the relationship. Imagine if Jesus were to look at one of us in the same way he looked at Matthew. Guess what he does, especially if you go to adoration. When we sit there in front of Jesus face to face, he's looking at us with great love. But sometimes we fail to receive what that look is doing because we don't realize how much we need him. We don't have the humility to be able to take that in. Rather, we think, yeah, okay, yeah, this is like one more thing. You know, I got my my work, my family, my sports, my entertainment, and yeah, I got my faith here off to the side in this comfortable little place. Imagine Matthew. He's got money, but he's empty. And he knows how empty he is. And Jesus looks at him and says, follow me. He's not saying, I want you to be my banker. He's saying, I want us to have a loving relationship. I want you and me to be besties in the best sort of a way. And Matthew drops it all to follow him. In the show, Matthew is, uh, <laughs> he's so awkward. He's so He's got nothing when he follows Jesus, and then he's got everything. People never treated him with kindness and respect, and he never treated them with kindness and respect. I think of Mr. Potter, and it's a wonderful life. Well, people don't like me, but it's okay, because I don't like them much either. That's how Matthew was. Jesus gives him everything. And now through this, he's going to have friendships too. But that's a secondary effect. Through this, he's going to write a gospel. He's going to be famous. He's going to found churches. He's also going to be martyred. But that's all secondary. What's primary is the relationship. When we fall in love, we do crazy things. And that's what's going on with Matthew. Today also, we celebrate the, the seven founders of the Order of the Servites devoted to our Blessed Mother. and. If you read the history of the, the this order, it was, I believe, in the city of Florence in Italy, I believe it was in the 1300s, where these were seven successful businessmen, and they had gotten involved in some philanthropy. They were doing good things in and through the church, and they decided, after prayerful inspiration, especially through intercession to Mary, of Mary, they decided to give up everything and follow Jesus, and they founded an order, and they were very successful, and it's a very beautiful story.
They left everything because Jesus was calling them to a deeper relationship with him. Go sell what you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. In our lives, we are each called. Everybody has a vocation, and I say this on many levels. There is, first of all, the general vocation to be saved and to be a follower of Jesus and to go to heaven. Then there is the particular vocation that we have as far as what we're doing with our lives and how we're living for God. Because God comes first, right? Then the vocation. So maybe we serve God throughout our lives by being husband or wife, father or mother, through loving our families, raising our families. Perhaps the vocation is priesthood or religious life. Perhaps the vocation is to be a single person, but to serve the church and serve God's people in various ways. Pope John Paul said, and he said this all the time, what's primary in each of our vocations is motherhood and fatherhood, whether you're a man or a woman. Even if we don't have physical, biological children, we're all called to motherhood and fatherhood. We're all called to love in a particular way according to our gifts. And then each day we have the calling of God. Lord, what do you want me to do today? How are you going to use me? Sometimes that requires self-love. Sometimes that requires, okay, we're going to do works of charity today. Sometimes that means time in prayer. It often means tending to, it pretty much always means tending to our larger vocation. How am I going to serve my family today? How am I going to serve uh, the people that I've been sent to serve today? Maybe as a physician, as a teacher, uh, as a police officer, whatever, whatever it is that's part of our vocation. And we discern this in prayer. We discern this in our circumstances, the needs around us, the gifts that we've been given, and the desires of our hearts. So we ask the Lord, as we meditate on this reading today, we ask him to look at us the way he looked at Matthew, to call us the way he called Matthew. His call was so powerful, he turned away from his sins and he never looked back. And as a result, now he has self-respect. But even more than that, he has God's love, God's grace. And then the Lord continued to inspire and lead and guide him so that he becomes a gospel writer a founder of churches, etc. The Lord is calling each of us to do very important things for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of charity and kindness. Let's each of us open up our hearts today to the Lord. Ask him, Lord, look at me in the same way you looked at Matthew. Heal my heart the way you healed Matthew as the divine physician and show me what it is you have for me based on the grace and the gifts that you have given me. Have a great day. God bless you. Mm-hmm.